Welcome to the We Build Leaders podcast, where we are committed to equip, develop, and resource pastors and local church leaders. Don't forget to subscribe for notifications on new content. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Yay! So we are here today with Justin Blattel. Took me a long time to figure out how to say your last name. Congratulations, you nailed it. Bladel Blattel. Someone called me Battlefield one time. Oh, no. That's not even close. I love it. That's like the person who called the office one time for uh, Char Lublair. Like mm. I was French. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's fun. But hey, you are a youth pastor at the Refuge, mm-hmm. Manteca, mm-hmm. with Pastor David Bliss. Um, you are actually also one of our regional district youth directors. And you, since I've met you, you have literally been tearing it up. And what I what I mean by tearing it up is that you have an incredible e- uh, evangelistic gift to uh, draw people. Um, you have an incredible gift to uh, get this generation excited about serving Jesus. Uh, when I was a kid, I read the Tom Sawyer books. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was whitewashing the fence. I don't know if you remember this story, if you heard this. He was whitewashing the fence and his friends came by and he made it look so fun that they wanted to whitewash the fence. And he said, no, no, you can't do it. And then he started charging them to whitewash the fence. So you have a gifting of showing this generation that Jesus serving Jesus is fun. And they actually just want to join in and serve Jesus with you. You recently, we had our presence conference and... um, our speaker wasn't able to make it, and I was supposed to interview her. That was crazy. <laughs> and at the last minute, you jump in. I, I call you that morning, and I already knew what I was going to get. I already knew you were going to say, Char, whatever you need. Uh, since the day I met you, I think that's your line, mm-hmm. is whatever you need. I'm here to serve. You you came from a, a horrific past and I, and I don't want to go there today there's sure. actually going to be a link down I, everybody if you have not seen uh the interview that justin did with with me at presence conference in regards to his childhood and the glory of god in his life and the grace of god in his life it is a must see you must show your staff it is incredible so that's going to be actually down in the in the the link in the uh, where it says clicks more on on youtube you can go there and see but I just wanted to ask you some questions. Um, how did you, first off, how did you become so servant-minded and so servant-oriented? Hmm. And I haven't given I haven't given you these questions in advance <laughs> because I just wanted your I wanted just honest conversation sure. here. Um, how did you How do you How did you get to the place of um, whatever you need? I'm here. I just want to serve. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that in order for me to have had the experience of coming to know Jesus, it took a lot of people who were just servant minded. Um, Mm. the, the people who fought for me when I was young, the people who, um, tried their best to introduce me to Christ, they weren't in it to get accolades. They weren't in it to become famous. They, they just loved me. And, um, I think we see throughout scripture that when, someone cares enough about someone to go above and beyond, um, to honor their leaders, to serve their leaders, that's blessed by God. Um, You know, you think about the paralyzed man that's lowered in through Mm -hmm. the roof. It's Mm -hmm. like there's no reason that those four guys took the time to get that man all the way up to the roof, get a hole, and then get him in front of Jesus. 
other than the fact that they loved them. And so I think when you get behind leaders who you support their vision, you believe in their vision, and there's that mentorship between them, I'm not serving you. I'm gaining so much more from you than Mm -hmm. I could ever give you. Mm -hmm. And so it's an easy yes, because Mm -hmm. you've invested so much in my life that how could I not, you know? And so I think it's the same concept when we talk about either serving in a church or serving in a ministry. Um, You know, the sacrifice that we make will never be in vain. God will always bless it. And so um, if it means I have to stay a few more hours or do something that might make me uncomfortable, that's just allowing me to do what God has called me to do. And so it's a blessing. Yeah. I love what Erwin McManus says, especially for this generation, that serving acts like a compass in the midst of the fog. So a lot of times young people will say, well, I feel like I'm called, but I don't know to what. And I love being able to say, well, just get in there and serve. Put your hand to the plow, so to speak, old Bible, you know, talk here and get in there, start serving. Don't look back, just move forward. Um, So the thing I love about your journey is you had been, um, you were with Young Life Mm -hmm. and you, you really became this evangelist with, with Young Life. I mean, would you say that that's probably your primary gifting is, because when I see you, and I don't, I don't want to label you here, <laughs> but when I see you, I feel like you eat, sleep, drink, getting people to Jesus. I think that uh, in the beginning, you know, and even still today, yeah. that's a huge piece of it. And I think everybody's journey uh, is a process. Yeah. And so um, the first probably eight years of my ministry was that. Yeah, it's slowly shifting to be more towards that pastor where I want to invest and develop and disciple. Um, but I think once you get that evangelistic itch, it never goes away. And so um, everything that I do, even when I'm investing in our leaders and stuff, I still have that that tent in me where I, I want to look at it through that lens. So, And that's what I love. I love that on the team that we have of the DUIDs, we have four Uh, right now and everybody has such a different niche Um, like I can look at Jamie and Pat and Jason and I always usually know what I'm going to get from you it's going to be um, not that you just have one string on your banjo but (laughs) you play the how is that going to lead people to Jesus string and I and I love that and I've come to appreciate it Um, you the other thing that I really admire is that you went from a very large church to a church of about maybe, what, 200? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we we're talking very large, like 15, 2,000 people, yeah. 2,000 persons, um, you were even offered, uh, hey, please stay, but you felt like God had called you. So you went from a place where um, it wasn't maybe an overabundance of money, but it was more, it was a budget. Sure. You know, a lot of we're, we're, a lot of youth pastors might be watching this and they're like, a budget, what's that? <laughs> I remember when I was youth pastoring, I finally went to the pastor one day and I said, hey, I have no budget. I am tithing. Would you be okay if I gave my tithe um, toward my ministry? Mm-hmm. And he was okay with that. He was like, okay. Um, when I would have a speaker come in and, and speak, special speaker, I would literally pay them out of my pocket. Um, and I mean, that was just, it, it was such a small church, such a small sure. town. It was just something that, that I did and I loved doing it. Um, but you, I remember we had conversations and you're like, this is going to look very different. Um, how does that look now? Are you like, 
I, I know knowing your story that you're glad that that you said yes but how do you feel like that's helped you in your development as a man of God and as a leader sure um it was weird and I remember having those conversations with you uh when I was in that interview process um and I remember saying to myself like this makes no sense if mm -hmm. you're strictly looking at a resume mm -hmm. um and what I realized was when God has you in a process that it's our job to be obedient to see that to fulfillment and so um one of the things that was really heavy on my heart during that time uh was in Joshua when they're walking around the walls of Jericho mm -hmm. um this concept of don't stop at six, don't stop at the sixth time around. Mm -hmm. And it would have been way more comfortable for them to just stay where they were at. Um, but instead they walked around that seventh time. And so um, when I decided to make that shift, it had nothing to do with where I was at. Um, I, I was totally okay with where I was at and I, I loved where I was at. Um, there was a lot of mm -hmm. perks, there was a lot of uh, <laughs> amenities. Sure, um, yeah. And I remember looking at the place that I was going and going, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the gift of the gap, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's so much of your ability and natural ability, and then there's what God can do through you. And I think so many times um, people get stuck at that gap where they, they get to where they feel like they're comfortable, and then they don't take that step of faith to see what God can do in between where he has called you and what he has gifted you with. And so um, I remember taking that step and just thinking, this is such an amazing opportunity because it's going to look different. And it, it's grown me in such a huge way because I remember going to different youth pastors and having those conversations when I was at my previous church. And every single time I would get shut down with like, well, if I had the resources that you had. Right. And it was like, yeah, but there was the, the principles are still the same. Absolutely. And so now when I speak to those pastors, it, it's no longer like, well, if I had what you had, it, it's more of a, let me get down on your level. Let me understand where you're coming from. And through that process together, we can grow each other iron sharpens iron to a place where now we have the ability to move and progress the kingdom forward. Because you started with like your last youth group, I think was running that you were a part of. You helped lead there. Was running two two fifty maybe. Yeah, at our peak, we were around four hundred. Four hundred, okay. And then uh, you started Mantika. I think you were at zero. Goose Just about, egg, yeah. about zero. And you told me, I said, Justin, because you would call and you'd be like, Hey, this week we had this many. We had seventeen. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. This week we had forty five. I'm like, Wait, seventeen forty? This is this thing's this thing's popping. <laughs> and um. I go, how did you do it? And I remember you said, I started calling everybody in the church. I probably shouldn't tell this, but I thought it was hilarious. You're like, the little old ladies and be like, hey, do you know any kids? <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how you actually went in and your strategy, how you started with nothing? Yeah, we really didn't have any. We had a couple of families. Um, Jaden's behind the camera. And so he's one of them. Um, but really, there was nothing of a foundation there. And... Um, and so I looked at that mountain and said, how do I, how do I start climbing Everest? Like, you know, what yeah. do you do? Sure. And um, what I realized was it, all ministry boils down to one simple thing, relationships. Yep. And so my goal changed from how do I do the really cool big events to how can I build relationships with anybody? And so part of it was just connecting with the families that were already in the church. You know, um, we had an older congregation at that time. And so 
I wasn't necessarily looking for their kids, but maybe their their kids' kids. Sure. Um, and we we got a few hits there, but really what happened was I just had to go where the kids were, and so that led me onto the high school campuses yeah. um, and allowed me to start building like authentic relationships, not to build my ministry, but simply just to love them where they're at. Yeah. And in the process, by doing that in an authentic way. Um, that allowed them to come into the ministry where it wasn't, it didn't feel forced. It, it wasn't on some random scheme or um, some hype night that was a bait and switch and said they came through authentic relationship. And so that has allowed us to build the foundation of a ministry that has been able to continue to grow and last. I'm all of a sudden I'm having a full circle moment here. In your story at Youth Convention, you said that there was a football coach that reached out to you and said, you're an angry young man, yeah. and you you appreciated that, I'm sure, at the time. <laughs> and then he actually led you to a, a service at a house. Mm -hmm. They were having taco night, and it was a young life. And then you finally, after a, a season, you found Christ. Right. Um, I just I'm seeing this full circle because what is it that you do on the on the high school campus? Coach football. You coach football. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Wow. It's I mean any way that you can get plugged in. Yeah. Uh, get plugged in. You know, and God gifted me the ability to talk football. Yeah. And so absolutely. Um, for me, it's one of those things where if I can utilize a gift or a talent that God has given me in the past um, sure. to impart that on the next generation, that's awesome. But all of the coaches and even the admin know why I'm there. You know, yeah. it's we're not I don't bait and switch. I don't try to hide it. Sure. And so um, that is just one tool that I have in my tool belt that allows me to get on campus. And really, like it gives me an all access pass. And so I don't need a reason to walk on campus because I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. I have all the same clearances as a teacher does. And so awesome. um, I thought that that's the easiest way to be able to go where the students are and just love them. And not have to feel weird about it, you know, not yeah. have to be that weird guy that's just sitting in the corner hoping that some teenager will talk to me. No, I have a purpose. Yeah. And through that purpose is gives me the freedom to actually speak to them. I love the story you told about your football team. They're playing down the field and they're singing a worship song. Mm. Can you tell us about that just for a second? Yeah. That's we, so funny. Uh, <laughs> actually, I was talking with that kid last night, Elijah. Um, he... A lot of my football players show up, and so that's awesome. And on, so on Wednesday night, on Wednesday nights, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, we had this kid show up, Elijah, and the first week or two, like he was kind of dancing in the corner, and it almost looked like he was mocking like mm -hmm. worship. And I remember sitting in the back, I'm like, just so frustrated at him, yeah. you know, because I was like, if he would just pay attention, mm -hmm. God would get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. And so every time that I went to go try to correct him, I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was like, stop. And so I never said anything. I, yeah. I just let it go and I I allowed it to be. And so um, a couple weeks later, we're at practice and they only know a couple songs. You know, they're not mm -hmm. Christians. They didn't grow up in the church. Sure. Um, and so they started singing the like, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I love that song. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he just loved it, you know. And so we're in the middle of practice and the practice is hot and frustrating and yeah. no one wants to be there and he just starts singing this song mm. and all of a sudden like the rest of the team because they also go to church start singing the song and so they're literally walking down the field through practice singing this worship song and the funny thing about it is this 
they started doing it during games. And so in the heat of the battle, they would start getting really frustrated and, you know, they would get flags being thrown or whatever. Yeah. You know, these are kids through that are dealing with some rough backgrounds. Yeah. And so there's some anger and there's some resentment in those kids. And sure. so um, when you start playing another team, that fight starts to come out. And uh, Elijah was really close to getting kicked out of a game. And he's, you know, cussing up a storm and all that kind of stuff. And I look at him, I go, I sought the Lord. And he hear, and he starts singing it as he walks down wow. the field. Oh, and he man. didn't get another penalty for the rest of the game. Think of that. Yeah. And so he comes to me after mm -hmm. the game and he goes, uh, you can't be mad when you're singing that song. I said, it's not that you're singing that song. You can't be mad when you're worshiping God. Yeah. And so it's allowed them to kind of shift. And so it's kind of a joke now, you know, on Wednesday nights, uh, we did a decorate for Christmas. Yeah. And so he got on stage and we played the song and he starts singing it. And like we muted his mic because he's got an awful voice. I love it. Um, but he just loves it, you know. And so creating yeah. that heart of worship within this next generation, you know, we've always known that music speaks through the next generation. Yeah. And so if we can allow that to not be something that, you know, because he didn't do it the way that I thought he should do it. Mm -hmm. Imagine what would have happened if I just shut that down. Yeah. Um, he mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have come back, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. instead I, I listened to the Holy Spirit and allowed him to worship the way that he wanted to worship. And now it's ingrained in him. I love it. It's beautiful. We are seeing this across the board um, that youth pastors leaders are the campuses are opening up it's it's absolutely incredible yeah. um, also just such an advance of the presence of God in our ministries and young people just crying out mm -hmm. you also um, are uh, the director of one of our summer camps mm -hmm. and we're so excited for 2024 and what God's getting ready to do I even just felt him this morning on the way in just tell us to adjust our sales of expectation of what we have in mind for next year um, because we have seen our summer camps grow to such an extent spiritually mm -hmm. that even at this last camp I think we were there till probably 11 o'clock at night that was late maybe midnight just were at one point we were just silent and students just were just in the presence of God yeah. and so we do not take this for granted but um, I love being able to do ministry with you, with the team. Um, last month, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, stop planning events and start preparing a generation for revival. Mm. And I love that we get to do this together. Yeah. And we're doing it so differently. Everybody has a different, I'm never going to be on the football field. I don't even like to be outside. I'm a fan of the great indoors. I'm probably going to do it more through intercessory prayer. And you're, the, str the strategy of Holy Spirit, of where he's placing people in, in young people's lives, and then when we all come together to see how that plays out, has been absolutely incredible so yeah. i just wanted to thank you for your heart i wanted to thank you for your ministry i wanted our ministers to get to know you and to know if they have any questions in regards to hey what kind of youth pastor should i be looking for my youth pastor is having a hard time getting into the schools can mm. they give you a call absolutely yeah and so um we if you reach out to our office we can give you pastor justin's information and uh he can he can consult with you on on how to do that you are really um extremely talented about helping 
uh, campuses with their different needs, uh, and you've had you've had many different models. So at the very first uh, church that you were at, you would I think you would go on a campus and say, "What do you need? We're going to help you do that." Right. And you were on how many? Was it thirteen or eighteen campuses? Uh, 13 high school, a bunch of middle school, and a bunch of elementary school. Okay, schools. yeah. And so you had you had a strategy for, I feel like God has given you a strategy for each season and where you've been. And so everybody's strategy might not be the same, right. but you will be able to sit with a youth pastor and a pastor and say, hey, this is, you know, now you're in much more of a rural community, sure. uh, a.k.a. the boots, right? <laughs> I love it. Got to be a chameleon. And the car hearts, right? (laughs) I love it. And you can say, hey, this is your community. This is what they're needing. Let's pray and get a strategy on what God wants to do. So, Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, thank you. Will you just pray right now over our youth pastors and our senior pastors and and how they reach the next generation strategically for their community? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Jesus, you are so good to us. And Father, there are times when you have given us land and we just have not recognized it yet. And so, Jesus, I ask that in this moment that you continue to remind us that there is territory for the kingdom that has yet to be seized, and you have sent the right people into those areas. And so, Father, I ask that you allow these youth pastors to fulfill the purpose that you have sent on their life, that they are not confined to the the previous expectations, but instead are propelled into what you have for the next season of their life. And Father, for the senior pastors, I, I pray for fresh vision yes. for the for the leader leadership and the guidance that they have over their youth pastors and their congregations and their members. Father, give them the rest and the reassurance that they need to continue the vision that you have placed on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Father, protect them, put a hedge of protection over their families and their minds and their actions so that they radiate your presence everywhere that they go. Yes. And so, Father... Continue to bless them, bless their ministry, bless their ability to preach your word, whether it's vocally or just through their actions. Jesus, we give ourselves back to you, and we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Justin. No, no, thank you. (laughs)